on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Probably the biggest lesson I've learned in managing is being very consistent with what you say. If you say that, you know, you want people who have a positive attitude to work here and then somebody is negative and you don't address it, you just negated your first statement. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf. Welcome back to Gathering the Kings. Today's guest, Bruce Burns, brings us uh, just complete insight from somebody who had no idea how to uh, brush the strokes of a paintbrush to running a unbelievably successful business and uh, and making it about his team. He gives so much value here around building out a business, not just having a job or being part of a trade, but building out an actual business. Excited for you guys to hear this one. Grab a pen and paper. Here we go. All right, everybody. This is Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. We got Bruce Burns on the stage here today. Welcome, brother. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hopefully, I can provide some value for you guys today. Yeah, man. Of course, you're a king in the business. Tell us what kind of business that you have. Yeah, I own a residential, interior, exterior, um, small commercial as well, painting company. Been doing it for about four years. Me and my brother started it four years ago. Nice. Uh, this is year five and really excited about that. Yeah. And, you know, started out with me and him. We, we were doing great. You know, we did like 500K the first year, 850, 950 uh, the following two years. But, you know, you got, if you want to grow a company, you got to hire people, right? Um, That's right. We went through those growing pains. Uh, That's a very specific skill set. But now uh, we have six uh, employees that are amazing, um, fit the core values, have been really awesome. Um, That's awesome. And yeah, looking forward to, I mean, we we did 1.5 last year. We'll probably do, you know, 2, 2.3 this year. Uh, But I mean, the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Yeah, I can see forty million dollars in the next ten years out of this company at this point. Oh, I love, I love the the uh, energy that you bring to that number. Just like such a big number that most people would be like, "What?" You know? Yeah, it's funny because when we first started, five hundred thousand seemed like a big number, and now every year a big number just keeps getting bigger and bigger. That's right. Just another zero. That's all it is, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, I'm so glad that you're here. And I want to get into your story about how you got to that place. I love how you uh, gave us just like the the sequential order there of the growth. I also liked what you said that it takes a skill set to grow a team. And so I definitely want to dive into that for sure, because I think that the majority of people listening can use some help there. Yeah. And so I think that uh, we can we can definitely use your value there. So before we go back into your story, into time, Tell me at this level, like why why are you trying to push for that forty million? Why why is it a big deal? Why not just sail off into the sunset at your seven figure business? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I'll ever be at a point where I'm done. To be honest, uh, yeah, I thought that this would be the number, you know, that I would be like, okay, cool, I did it. Now I just hire a general manager and and hang out, you know. But uh, right, right, yeah. I mean, so I kind of 
we got to a certain point and I'll admit my brother and I both kind of stepped back and we're like enjoying it a little bit, you know? Sure. And it's just not very fulfilling, honestly. Like you think yeah. that you want to build a business to go sit on the beach, but it's, it's not very fun, honestly. Um, no. So that's right. Not to say I don't want to take more vacations and spend time <laughs> with family and whatnot, but of course I get the most joy out of like growth and doing things, uh, learning new skills, um, like hiring, yeah. like the one that we just said, that's probably the thing I struggled with the most throughout the whole company. And like, honestly, in the last two months, I feel like I've just broken through to feeling like I'm competent at it, even though yeah. I've been doing it for four years now. So yeah, um, yeah, those, those kind of breakthroughs are just like invaluable and the type of person that you have to be to run a $40 million company. Um, just think about how, you know, the team competent, that you have. yeah, like, well, think about how competent that person has to be, how level-headed that person has to be. And then, yeah, all the people that like the impact that you're making with that amount of people too is I mean, yeah. not just those, you know, that would take me like 60 employees at least to do that. Uh, but then all their kids, all their families, uh, not to mention all the painters underneath all that. That's hundreds of people that I'm impacting at that point. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love, I love how you just so quickly in your brain did the math on how many employees it would take. But then your perspective obviously is one of putting it on your shoulders because immediately you, you calculated their families, which like that's ownership. Like if you're owning, if you run a business and you're thinking about taking care of your people's family. Yeah. That's like, that's a lot of weight, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, that's what makes me want to keep doing this too. You know, like I, I feel right, like right. if I was to just take a step back, it would be like a disservice to those people. Right. So they're totally. relying on me to show up. Not to say that like nothing would happen without me. Cause those people are all super competent themselves now. Right. Um, but you know, none of this really would have started if I didn't wake up in the morning and, and go do it, you know? So. Yeah. There's a saying that I have, you know, obviously podcast called Gathering the Kings, and it's only the king knows how heavy the crown really is. Sure. Yeah. And what we're talking about is only just a piece of the weight of the crown, but it's a big piece of it. When you have a team, a team that you love, they're like family, their family is like family. It's like a big deal. And uh, that's just weight on us. Not that it has to be a bad weight but it's motivating. It, 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 it propels us into our purpose sure. of yeah. more, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's funny because I don't really think about it too much. I just do it because I want to. Yeah. Um, but I actually had my one of my employees mention that to me the other day. It's like, you're the only one that has pressure from every side. Like marketing, you need to produce enough leads. Like sales, you need to pr- make sure that we're hitting our numbers, production, like every single part of the business. Um and, and not to mention, you know, the admin and the ta- the taxes and all that stuff that like just come up randomly, yeah. uh, all that happens too. So yeah, I don't really think about it too much because I like enjoy doing it, but um, there's, there's certain things uh, that come up. It's funny because I've been thinking about that lately, certain things that come up and I'm just like, I don't want to do this, you know, like haven't I reached a certain point where I don't have to do this anymore? Right. Um, and yeah, like I have to snap out of that like right away because there's never going to be a point where I'm, I should be so far removed that I don't, I'm not willing to get in the weeds. Totally. Totally. Um, there's a, there's this perspective and I'll go with you and, and at the same point, give you a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this perspective that I've seen, especially in that like one to $3 million range. And this is also for the listener too. Maybe we've got some seven figure owners listening, but yeah, there's this transition from warrior to King. And yeah. the warrior stage being the six figure, uh, you know, the king, you know, being the seven figure, just for example purposes. And there's this transition from warrior to king where you're still a warrior king. And that mindset yeah. that you just gave is very much warrior king where 
like you want to get in the weeds. I'm the same way. Like I love getting in the weeds. There's fulfillment in the weeds for me sometimes. But eventually, if the king realizes the value, the the Mm -hmm. owner in this case, that you bring to the table, you can't go to war. You can't go to battle anymore because if you if you die, the whole thing, the whole the whole house comes down, you know, so the value that you bring sometimes, although it feels different, it's almost like this, like imposter syndrome is what they call it. You know, you get big enough to where you're like, I'm not that big. Like, I I need to be involved with that. You know, like everything that you just said, you know, (laughs) and um, but the reality of it is, is that the value of your time is actually that you need to build the team. Like they're that, that person, that who uh, mm-hmm. needs to be on your team doing yeah. whatever that weed task is, you know? Right. Yeah. Like I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not picking up a paintbrush. <laughs> uh, I'm not going out there and producing projects or anything like that anymore. Right. 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 But right. I think what, what like, kind of what I'm more I'm referring to is like, there's an issue internally, um, you know, totally. whether it's like personnel oh, yeah. attitude or, SOP is not being followed or something like that. Um, you know, it's like, oh, I, already, I already built this system. I already solved this problem. Uh, but taking the time to like ask the right questions and figure that's out good. what needs to be refined. That's kind of more what, what I'm talking about. Like there is a level um, as to what you're saying. Like, you, you, you know, the warrior and the warrior king, I'm probably right here like yeah. now. Um, uh-huh. And I'll eventually get to just king and, Hopefully soon. Um, I, I think for me, it's all about the people that I hire, right? So if I hire really good people. They take things off my plate without me even asking. So that's right. That's right. I, and I agree with you. Um, I love the perspective there that you gave to the clarification. That was, uh, was a lot of value there. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's go back into your story, man. I'm excited to hear some of the things that got you to where you are. Tell us first, though, how, how did your journey in business start? Like, was it this business? Was it a business before? Was it you were, you know, slinging? candy bars as a kid. What, what'd you do, man? Yeah. Um, and I've never been like entrepreneurial growing up or anything. I, that would be cool if I could say that, you know, nothing. I mean, selling things on eBay, like small time stuff like that. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it's funny cause I had our small time stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I actually, um, I had an interesting kind of trajectory. So didn't do that great in high school, kind of like screwed off, you know, partied with my friends and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and then, Senior year, I was like, man, maybe I should do something with my life. So I got got it together. I got straight A's that year. Uh, went to college for management and marketing. Turns out that doesn't really like qualify you for very much. Like I really <laughs> thought that going to Purdue would be like, all right, you're set up for life now, right? Like, because every, every time I tell people I went to Purdue, they're like, oh man, that's a great school. Like it didn't do anything though. I just got a sales job out of, out of college. Right. Uh, I will say I got in a little bit of trouble. I got a DUI uh, in college. So luckily that's gone now. Um, yeah, yeah. Out of that. But that's actually a blessing in disguise uh, because uh, it qualified me only for smaller companies. So uh, no corporate companies are going to hire anybody with a criminal record at all. Right. Um, like I said, I got rid of it now, so it's all good. Yeah, but sure. But you're time, not trying to get hired anywhere now anyways. Right. <laughs> yeah. At the time, though, I was like, you know, it really hurt me, like, emotionally. It hurt my ego. You know, like, I have this, totally. like, scar on my record now. Right. Um, and anyway, so like it kept me from getting a lot of jobs. So luckily I worked at a lot of startups. So yeah. it was a lot of uh, three, four person, maybe 10 person teams. Yeah. Uh, so I got to see what a good boss does and what a, what a bad boss does. Yeah. Um, so I worked in like, you know, signage um, and I worked in digital marketing. Uh, so I did project management and sales. Okay. And kind of funny. It just set me up for this perfectly. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I knew how to do sales. I knew how to do project management. 
And then, um, yeah, another, another, uh, like not so awesome statistic or factoid about me when we were, it's not a bad thing that I did, but, uh, when we were starting the company, uh, 2017, uh, I had, I I broke up with my three year, uh, girlfriend, which sucked terribly. That was my first Um, long term relationship. Oh yeah. Then my mom passed away and then, uh, my dog passed away and then I got fired. So all that happened in like, I think it was like six months that that happened. Wow. 2017, so, bro. That's yeah, that's, man. That I was, that was the year. Yeah, my head and everything. So, my brother also, he was in the medical marijuana industry. Um, he was making tons of money doing that, which because it was so lucrative then. But they basically were like, you can either take a 50% pay cut uh, or we have to let you go. So, he lost his job too. And I was like, hey, uh, man, uh, maybe this is a sign, you know, like we should, maybe we should do something together. And, uh, he had a painting company in Vail before, which okay. in college uh, I used to come out. And I don't know if you're familiar with Vail, Colorado, but it's amazing. Okay. The houses are multi-million dollars. So we did that. Yeah. Um, I would come out for the summers and he did that for years. And I was like, what if we started a painting company? And he's like, I don't want to paint anymore, man. <laughs> like it's hard right. work, you know? Yeah. Like, what if you don't have to paint? And uh, yeah. And then we decided to start it. I had a like five grand in savings <laughs> and, and he had like a similar amount, maybe like twice as much as that. Sure. Um, but I was like, all right, well, I can, I can float myself for like two months. So yep. let's, let's, let's roll. It, see what happens. Um, and yeah, it was really grassroots. Just like, you know, you hear from a lot of entrepreneurs going out, knocking doors, leaving flyers on people's uh, doors, yeah. getting pulled off because we're interrupting their dinner, getting made sure. fun this you know, we're out there bothering awesome. people, uh, yeah. getting hassled by people, all that. Yep. But anyway, it worked uh, and made the first sale, invested that money into marketing um, and then just kept repeating the process, repeating the process until, you know, we did 500 that first year. That's awesome, man. Okay. So you just gave us so many things, even just in that last sentence um, that I want to break down for the listener. Yeah. So first off, I love, I love the story of like how the stars aligned. Um yeah all the bad circumstances basically led to, you know, what, what do I have to lose? It sounds right. like. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, and I always, I always hear that story or that saying like, what would you, uh, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like for me, I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking the opposite. Like I've already failed. So fuck it. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> you know, exactly. What, what could possibly go wrong here? Right. It can't get much worse than this. We're, and, you know, I just moved back home to Indiana and go be a bartender again if I need to. So let's see right. what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something to be said there, obviously, when you burn the bridges, if you will, when you, yeah. when you, when you have nothing to lose or when you're not afraid of failure, you just kind of walk right into it. Yeah. And I think that that's a piece of what's holding some of the listeners back as obviously just inaction or not running straight at whatever is holding them back. And you had no fear in that because it wasn't like you were going to lose anything anyway. So you just went for it. What I also heard you say is that you didn't have a problem. You kind of laid down the ego again, probably because you didn't have much to lose and you had no problem doing the flyer thing and the knocking on doors and getting rejection. And that's kind of sales in general, but like, yeah that's how you grow a business is that you have to talk to people and you, and eventually through the numbers, you're going to find deals and you get clients and then those people refer you and you keep knocking on doors or calling people, whatever. And then the last thing that you said that I want to bring up for the listener here is that you hit, you said rinse and repeat, basically you created a process, a couple of steps there to get a sale. 
and then repeat and then yep. repeat and then repeat and then have someone else help you with that and then repeat and then repeat, have someone else help you and repeat and repeat. And that's really what, what I would agree with you and say is that the person that's listening right now, who's not at the seven figure mark is that they just haven't been able to hit the repeat button enough yet. Yeah. That's kind of what I was saying. And you know, our initial call too, is like, I'm not doing anything monumental over here. Um, my sales ratio is like 40%. You know, it's not like I'm the best salesperson in the world. It's not like my brother's the best production manager in the world. Um, we just have really good systems. And uh, at this point, we have a really good culture too. But uh, at the beginning, it was just a, a system that we know is repeatable and generates a you know strong profit. Exactly. I love it. It doesn't have to be this like mystical thing. It can be known. It can be easy, simple, and repeatable. Yeah. And, and we're painting houses. People have been painting houses for thousands of years. This is not a new concept. When we, when we first started talking about starting a business, we had that same thing that I think a lot of people who are interested in entrepreneurship have, like we need to invent something new or we need to like create some new solution to some problem. Yep. Um, all it really is, is that I can see in this industry that there's a lack of service and I can do it better. So I'm going to do it better. Exactly. I love that. I think even just that, like we could end just in the, in the podcast, boom, mic drop. And like, (laughs) that's it. Like as long as, as long as you see that right there, like how do you fill the void and whatever the market is that you're in, how do you do it better? It doesn't have to be new and sexy, creative, anything like that. You just have to go do something that works and just do it better. Yeah. Okay, let's let's uh, let's get into your decision making process here. Give me a good decision along the way that you've made that was just instrumental to your growth. Ooh, that's a good question. I think I would have to go with uh, my philosophy at the very beginning of the business uh, was that I don't know what the hell I'm doing, <laughs> so <laughs> I still feel the same way, um, yeah. and that has led me to I think at this point we spent like eighty thousand dollars on coaching. Got it. Uh, since we started the business. So sure. going out there, basically it's a very simple idea. There's someone out here that's already done this. Who are they? I'm going to identify them and then I'm going to ask them how they did it. And that's what I did. Um, and then since then there's been other programs and stuff like that sure. um, that we signed up for as well. And yeah, it's been ridiculously invaluable. And I still, I mean, we'll get to the networking um, portion that you wanted to talk about too, but yeah. Since then, I'm, I can hit up any one of these people with any one of the problems that I run into. Yep. Um, and, and they do the same with me. You know, we just go back and forth and like, That's right. hey, how did you solve this? And they tell me what they did and I give it a shot. It might work, might not, but that's right. way more info than I would have if I just tried it on my own. So yeah. 100%. I'm sure that the person listening has heard, oh yeah, they paid for a coaching program or whatever yep. before. Yeah. Do you think that that was you saying like, I just want to get there faster or I don't have the ego here or like, what was the piece that allowed you to go, okay, I'm willing to pay for someone else's info, expertise, whatever. Cause I, I've been in the same shoes. I've paid a lot of money for that as well. And it's helped speed things up, but I want to hear yeah. your perspective. I don't know uh, if it was a desire to get there faster. I'm definitely impatient. Um, it's something that I've been working on lately, honestly. Um, because I know it's, it, it's funny cause you think it would push you faster, but it actually hold, held me back a little bit. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So I've made some mistakes along the way because of my impatience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And set some goals that were a little too lofty and whatnot, but I don't think it was necessarily that. I think it really was just like, I don't, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I want to learn yeah. and what's the best way that I can do that. Um, 
Definitely trial and error too. Like a hundred percent. That's a great way to learn. Um, Growth mindset is one of our number one core values for that reason. Like don't be afraid to make mistakes and we don't want to just sit back and think about everything before we do it. We also want to just take action and find things out. But yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the, the first we signed up for a cheat program that was like 750 bucks just to, to get started. And then since then, it's yeah. just been like one thing after the next. And not everyone has been good for that matter either. Um, That's right. That's right. But, but even the ones that, you know, you spend 20 hours on and you get one piece of information is proven to be worth it. So I'd say, yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's lack of ego, but more so just like, I legitimately felt like I didn't know what I was doing and I wanted to find out how to do it this way I could. It's also a competitive thing for me too. You know, like I want to be the best. Yeah. I love that. Let's flip the coin. Tell me about a bad decision. Yeah. So we have hired um, about four employees that have been not good fits, um, which usually isn't a great or a huge deal for a company of our size. Yeah. But the way that our company is structured, uh, each employee is essentially worth like a million dollars in revenue. Um, so it is a big deal. Uh, yeah. So not all of those were catastrophic. Some of them just weren't a good fit. and It worked out for a little while and then we let them go. Right. Yeah, there were, there were um, you know, I don't want to name any names or anything, but there were at least two of those employees that having them on board uh, brought down the entire team. Yeah. Um, either through quality of work or through attitude, mainly attitude. It's funny how, like, I feel like positivity spreads really rampantly. I, yeah. I do feel like that, but I think negativity spreads quicker. Yeah. Um, and I think that's proven in statistics too, if you look it up, but oh yeah, yeah, it, it brought down the team quickly. So uh, I think really it, w- it wasn't even necessarily the hiring that was the mistake. Okay. It was the letting them stay for too long. Got it. Yep. So the, the pain point there that the listener um, can maybe relate to is you've got somebody on your team right now that has a poor attitude, whether it's about the work or uh, even it may not even be about the job or about you. It may just be stuff that they've got going on, but they just bring yeah. negativity to the job. Yeah. hundred percent. But then keeping them around too long, not addressing it or not right. getting rid of that person. At first it, I wasn't addressing it. Um, now I address it right away. Uh, yeah. like, I don't care if you worked here for two days, you, you do something that I can obviously, uh, infer as negative, then we're yep. going to talk about it immediately. So yep. that's, um, probably the biggest lesson I've learned in managing is being very consistent with what you say. If you say that, you know, you want people who have a positive attitude to work here and then somebody is negative and you don't address it, you just negated your first statement. So hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. That's the thing about the English language, right? You got to, the actions uh, back up what we're saying. Right. Okay. So do you have a process for making decisions that you try to follow or some sort of a discipline? Uh, no, it's something I'm working on right now, actually. Um, okay. That's what I was talking about earlier. I, I found that, uh, honestly, the biggest thing that's held us back has just been uh, overthinking and not taking action. Yeah. So. Um, did you, my- did you learn that though through something? Or, yeah. or was that just like an eight? Like you just figured that out along the way? No, I mean, it's, it's through, it, it is through my experience, but it's also, you know, the books I read and everything too. Sure. Okay. So, like my only real uh, process for decision-making would be the growth mindset um, and in- integrity. So, if okay. It, oh, well, 
screw it, all three core values, compassion too, like yeah. that one's in there too. So basically at this point, because um, I used to have this list of like 25 values that I was like, I want to live by these things in my life. And it just got so complicated that I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I want to be compassionate, but I also want to like work hard. Like right. these is more important in this specific instance. And sure. Yeah. Just boil it down to those three core values. So growth mindset, growth mindset. integrity okay. and compassion. And okay. if I am making decisions in that regard, then I go for it. And if, uh, if it doesn't align with that, then I don't. And that's kind of it. The biggest yep. thing though is afterwards, make sure that you're double checking and making sure it was a good decision or a bad decision and what you can learn from it. Right. So yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was talking about with like being less cautious is sometimes you have to just do it to find out the best way to do it. Like I can teach you how to swing a golf club, but if you don't go out there and put in the reps, then you're never going to know how to swing a golf club. You theoretically know, but you don't know until you put in the reps. That's right. So the, the takeaway there is know what your identity is, whether it's a company, you as an individual, however you make decisions on behalf of the company or as an individual, know who you are. So that way, whatever your North Star is, in this case, it's growth mindset, integrity, and compassion for you. If that decision fits into those things, you do it. If it doesn't, you don't. It makes it clear, black and white, logical, yes, no. Yeah, right. But then follow up. I'm right. also hearing you say follow up to see was it a good decision, bad decision, not to like sulk or or think and and cause an action, but yeah. to learn. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you're not like learning from your mistakes, then uh, then it becomes a failure. But if you do learn from it, then it's still a win, and it makes yes. it a lot less scary to make mistakes when you do it that way too. Um, totally. Yeah, I'm not I'm not afraid to to fuck up. And when we if we look back at the first year. Uh, we made so many mistakes. It was kind of crazy. And we still did awesome. Like you look back on that first year and think, Oh my goodness. Well, like it was a mess probably. Yeah, it was real messy and (laughs) lots of hours and lots of stress. Uh, but you know, that's the only reason I feel like at this point, if you were to ask me a simple question about my business, I know the answer immediately because I've tested it at this point so many times. That's right. That's right. That's good. We can all relate to that. Looking back and going, oh, geez, if I had <laughs> known what I know now, like, oh, I, you know, just the craziness of the mess of, uh, but, you know, I said that I was guessing on a podcast a couple of years ago and I said this, I said, you know, if the failures are what's going to get me to success, like if the perspective that you just said, if they're the dues that I have to pay, then let me just pay them. Like, let's just go. Like, let's get to them as fast as possible. Let me get through it. Let me learn the lessons. Yeah. Because they're going to come. Right. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> you know? There's yeah, no hiding. and I, I feel like that's kind of why I'm working on this right now, too, is because at the beginning of the business, it was 100%, let's do it, whatever it is, I don't care, let's try it. Right. Um, I've gotten more cautious over time because I feel like I have learned a lot of lessons, but that doesn't mean I should stop trying new things. Um, and just because this system work doesn't, works doesn't mean that there isn't something over here that I haven't thought about and that's haven't right. tried yet. So Yeah, that's good mindset, man. You're giving us good stuff here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go the speed round. You ready? Sure. Okay, first question. Bruce, if you could only pick one metric in all of the business, you said you know your numbers, you know everything about your business now. If you yeah. only pick one metric to track, what would it be? Oh, man. <laughs> one metric to track. It's tough because there's so many that are valuable. I mean, I have to go to, to net profit um, because that is what means that we're going to be around for a long time. 
It means that we're going to be able to take care of all of our people. Uh, it means that when there is an issue for a customer, we're going to be able to back it up. Um, we have a warranty that we can actually like back up because we actually collect money for the company. Uh, and I also think it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs give up just because they want to see that top line go higher, right? I would rather produce $2 million and make you know a 20% profit than produce $4 million and make a 10% profit. At the end of the day, that's the same amount of money, but you had to do twice the amount of work. So I'd say net profit. I want to say something you know, philosophical, like net happiness or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I do want it to be like very enjoyable, but sure. it's only, it's only enjoyable if we make enough money to make sure everybody can pay their bills at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're doing it for. And that's what our people are doing it for. Like, let's right. not get it twisted. We're all here because we, we want to make money. So there's nothing wrong with that. And I also think that the way that you gave it to us was very, very just good perspective. Also, I think that the, the, the net um, is something that a lot of people overlook, like you said. So I think that uh, a lot of guys, especially at the six figure mark, they don't even, they probably don't even know what the net is. Like yeah. they're just, they, they kind of just take whatever's left and then wake up tomorrow and do it all over again. And, and it's pretty stressful to be in that without it being systemized and productive and predictable. Um, yeah. You got to pay yourself first so you can sleep at night. Right. That's right. And I guess the reason why I went there, what you said was the net profit was allowing the company to be stable to yeah. back up a warranty. It wasn't you as the owner get to, you know, drive a fancier car. Right. Um, it was because at the, that net for you as that's after you got paid. Right. So that's the company re- retaining earnings and, and, and being healthy and making it make sense for a long period of time. That's stability in a business. Yeah. There's something I say internally all the time that I don't, I don't say out loud a lot. Um, but it's very applicable to what we're talking about right now. Exemplary painting, my, my company, any company, has its own needs. It doesn't give a shit about your feelings at all. It has its own needs. It needs this to be healthy. You need to give it what it needs, regardless of how you feel about it. So that's right. How does an entrepreneur get to that place that you just described? Because it's so true, but it's so raw. How do they get there? I mean, that's a, that is a tough question. I think for me, it's just because I, I love what I built at this point. Like I, it's kind of like, uh, like a child to me, you know? <laughs> So like you would do anything for your child, right? So that's kind of how it works for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's also just an objective truth, right? Like the business must be healthy to survive. It must be healthy to pay its people. It must be healthy to take care of its customers. So um, it's the same thing as a human being. You got to take care of your body for your mind to work right. It's the only way it works, you know? That's right. Great perspective. Okay, next question. What book do you recommend for a six-figure owner trying to get to seven? Yeah, Um so I think the, the number one book that I recommend to anybody ever is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, Great book. And I don't, it's not super applicable specifically to getting to more money uh, per se. Yeah. Um, there's probably other books if you're just focused on the money that might be better. But sure. at the end of the day, it comes back to your habits, right? 100% like are you taking the actions that you need to take to reach the goal and are you objectively uh, doing those things or not? If you're not objectively doing those things, you're not going to get to that goal. So uh, Atomic Habits is kind of like breaking it down into the the little things that you have to do so that it becomes automatic. If you get to the point where, you know, uh, these high value habits are automatic, including the way you think are automatic, um, then it just, it happens. It just happens anyway. Now you still need to, you know, the atomic habits will implement the habit of reading, right? 
So you're going to read a bunch more books after you implement this book to begin with. So that's why I think it's so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the perspective there. I think the, what you were saying there, as far as like when you get in the habit or when you build these good habits, you just do it for me doing it. Obviously we can break that down to a lot of things, but it it's decisions. And yeah. it's really why I try to break down good and bad decisions, even in this show, because for me, when I look at successful people and when I look at my own history, we are where we are based on the decisions that we've made. And those decisions are so tied to our habits, our disciplines, our yeah. daily actions. And so the way, um, the way that you think, man. And so I love what you said there because it's hundred percent true. If you can get that stuff down, mm-hmm. the rest, like you said, happens, which for me is like the rest, meaning you make good choices. Yeah. <laughs> you make good decisions. Yeah. Good decision backed by good decision backed by good decision is really what what breeds success. It doesn't mean that you don't make bad decisions. It just means that you make enough good ones in a row that you get some momentum going. Yeah. Yeah. Momentum is, is huge. So that's good, man. Okay. Next question. Um, do you intentionally mastermind or network? You kind of already mentioned this a little bit, but give us a little bit more there. Yeah, um, definitely do. Uh, it's it's evolved over time. Uh, I started right away with a BNI group. Of course. Um, and you know, usually smaller businesses in there, uh, but still great resource to bounce ideas off of people and obviously get referrals, which is the point of the group. Yep. Um, still have great friends uh, from that group. And then eventually that just no longer financially made sense. The return wasn't there. Yep. Um, so I moved on to another coaching group. Uh, this one was called Breakthrough Academy. That okay. one, yep. I uh, learned a lot from a lot of other contractors similar That's to great. me. Yeah. Um, let's talk to him to this day. Uh, and actually it's funny. One of them, uh, we're both going to go to uh, a different coaching. We're in a different coaching program now that we nice. just both kind of naturally transition to That's great. Uh, I'm gonna see him. I actually meet him for the first time next week. We've only ever been digital. Uh, and yeah, I think the important part is for me, I'm a personal relationship kind of guy. I'm not like a group type of person. I never have been. I always, even in high school, I was like, I'm friends with you. It doesn't mean I'm friends with him, right? <laughs> people that I have around me. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's like a complex thing from my childhood. But picking those people and creating those like deeper relationships has been really valuable for me, um, which just goes back to like, I have a problem or something that I'm working on. I can float it by those people and yeah. get a lot of insight. I love that. Um, I, I What I heard you say in there, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but based on your profile here, you're maybe not so much like a group person or an extrovert, but, but you've had to put yourself in those situations to find those individual relationships. Um, You had to get uncomfortable in order to get what you were looking for, even on the one-to-one level. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not afraid, like I I am, I would say I'm an introverted heart, but I'm not afraid in any way to be extroverted. Uh, It's just not something that like I naturally seek out. I just know how beneficial it is to me to do so. So I've lost it. Yep. Yeah. That's the same boat that I'm in. Um, Learned extrovert. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. You'll, you'll meet amazing people, but only if you try. hundred percent. I mean, I've had people uh, ask about this show. Why do you do the show? I'm like, have you seen some of my guests? Like, I've had some amazing people, like a guy named Bruce, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Awesome, man. (laughs) Okay. um, Last question. You ready? Yeah, sure. If you lost it all, what would you do? Man, um, it's funny. I, I would just do it again, honestly. Uh, this is, I have big plans for the future. Uh, this isn't the only venture that I want to have anyway. Um, but this is a great foundation. And I think one of the beautiful parts about this business is the simplicity of it. 
you know, like I said, I'm not doing something monumental. Um, it's something that we've been as humans doing for thousands of years. I personally feel like it's not going away anytime soon. I know the <laughs> industry is always shared. The, the economy is always changing. So we'll see what happens, you know, sure, hopefully sure. if it does change, I'm in on the ground level of that. Uh, but yeah, like this sets the foundation for everything that I can do in the future. And I would yeah. literally just start the company again. Yeah, that's awesome. I love the uh, the grit that comes in that answer. Um, that's what I, I'm hearing you say. Just knowing what you know now, how could you go do anything else? Right. You know? And I could do this so much faster the second time. <laughs> like it would be, I could, I've, I personally feel like I could get from point A to now that it's taken me four years. I could do it in one year. I feel very confident that that's true now. 100%. I love that. Okay. Um, if someone uh, listening today just super connected with you, how do they find you? How do they connect with you online or uh, website or social? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not super out there, um, to be honest, just uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, and then the company itself, Exemplary Painting. Uh, if you you really want to see my face, that's that's where it'll be. That's great, man. Well, we appreciate you coming and, and sharing just nuggets along the way that you've learned. Your story is... Um, just valuable, man. Just hearing the things that you've gone through, um, good decisions, bad decisions. I love it. Uh, every piece of it. So thank you from me. And thank you from, from my audience, uh, for being here and being, uh, just, uh, incredibly valuable. We appreciate it and, and wish you nothing but success in, in, uh, your 40 million trek. Thank, thank you. Yeah. I'll let you know when I get there. Thanks for listening to gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.